How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on. We talk about basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happens. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Graybar Sports Open Line. Goes mid swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Second hour of the Graybar Sports Open Line getting underway here on KMOX. Joe Pot, happy to have you along with us tonight. We've got uh, more to do here in this uh, 7 o'clock hour. We'll hear from Mr. Soccer Bill McDermott. That's coming up uh, in our next segment and we'll talk to him about, of course, St. Louis City. I haven't had a chance to talk with him about it, about everything that St. Louis City has done. I don't know the last time we talked on air. Obviously, he has done a lot of talking about it. You hear him here on Camo X on Extra Time after some of those select St. Louis City games. So I know that he gets a chance to talk about it, but I also know that he doesn't mind talking about it, and we'll talk about it anytime somebody brings it up. So we'll talk about all of that and just what it means to the city. We'll also get into a little U.S. national team talk as well. We're going to hear from uh, Brett Hall coming up. He was on the on Total Information AM this morning with Tom Ackerman and Megan Lynch, so we'll hear that coming up a little bit later here on the show. I just saw a tweet that really irritates me. I guess the NBA is going to start legislating flopping, which is something the NCAA tried to do or is trying to do, and I hate it. And I hate it because if you are called for flopping or if a referee makes the decision that you have flopped, what he is saying is there is no foul there, correct? He is saying there was no offensive foul committed and that you have embellished it or faked it. If there's no foul, don't call anything. Just keep playing. And if somebody hits the floor because they're trying to get a foul called, then great, that's their disadvantage. They're on the floor. They're out of the play. Let the play continue. I hate having to legislate that and try to make a decision that it was not a foul and you were trying to draw a call. Or draw a call rather. It's just it's so annoying, and I just don't think there's a point to it. And now they're what I saw, and I didn't see any details. It was just a graphic. It says they've approved an in-game technical free throw. For flopping. And then this does second coach's challenge if the first is successful. So I don't know what that uh, I guess. Oh, that's that's a separate rule. I, I guess they're not uh, that that's not connected. It's just a, a really weird sentence. It's done in a graphic form. So I haven't found details of this yet. Like I said, it was just a tweet. It was like five minutes ago. So a second coach's challenge, I guess, is coming if you are if you are successful with your first. But I don't think that those two are connected. So in-game technical foul free throw for flopping and the second coach's challenge. I just don't like legislating that. I don't think it's necessary. I don't think that you have to say, here's a call because there's not because there wasn't a call, there wasn't a foul there. That that doesn't make sense to me. It's annoying to me. 
I also don't like the National League uniforms, by the way, as we see the All-Star game. Come on. They've got a dark top and dark pants. The American League is great. They're wearing that sort of teal color that's in the Mariners' colors, and they're wearing the white pants. But the National League is wearing like a navy top and black pants. Ugh. I just saw the Cardinals just tweeted Arenado's introduction, and that just looks really bad to me. I I like the that's the that was there's a change I would obviously go back to. It's been I, th- I think this is the fourth year, third or fourth year they've done the special uniforms. Just go back to everybody wearing their own uniform. That was part of the greatness of the All Star Game. The if for example you're in Seattle, an American League city, the American League wears their whites, the National League wears their grays. You put a special patch on there for the All Star Game, or even now you could put a sponsor on it if it if it's if it's there's a sponsor for the All-Star game, great. Put that on there. That's better than seeing these terrible uniform combinations. And you can still wear the terrible uniform combinations for batting practice. You can still wear them for the home run derby the night before. You can showcase them in lots of ways, and you can still sell them because they can still be seen on the field, so you can still sell them the same as what you're doing now. But go back to the everybody wears your own uniforms. Go look at some of those great. There are a ton of good sports accounts out there. 70s sports, 80s uniforms, like all of these accounts that are tweeting all of these old all-star team photos. And you get this great shot of 1980s uniforms in their glory. All the different uniforms. And in the 80s, you get, you know, the powder blue on the road. Or there was the time, you know, there's a time where... The A's, this is 70s now, the A's are wearing yellow uniforms and and all of those great things. So go back to that. So there's one change there. Again, I'll take your thoughts on the All-Star Game coming up in our last segment. We'll take a break here. We'll come back on the other side of the break. We'll talk some soccer with Mr. Soccer himself. Bill McDermott is coming up here on the Gray Bar Sports Open Line on CamoX. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops, getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Back in on the Gray Bar Sports Open Line. Joe Pot with you in for Matt Pauly tonight. Happy to have you along and thrilled to have our next guest. It's Mr. Soccer, Bill McDermott. And uh, I don't know when the last time that you and I have gotten to chat on the air, Bill. I know that you were on the air talking about soccer and talking about everything that St. Louis City is doing. But I don't think that I have had the chance to share the air with you in this whole time. So uh, I am glad that you could do this tonight. Well, likewise, Joe, I think maybe, maybe, I'm not 100% certain, but it was probably about an SIU-St. Louis U game. It very well may have been. <laughs> that is uh, that is certainly likely. Um, so let me just start with this. I mm-hmm. I don't quite go all the way back to the stars. My sort of St. Louis pro soccer roots really start with the steamers. So just okay. for you, for 
what is what has this meant to you to have the highest level of pro soccer not only back in St. Louis but thriving in St. Louis? I think that's a real key part of the question, Joe. Thriving, because that is absolutely what it's doing. Uh, I've said on the air before, and I will continue to say it. At the inaugural game, at the inaugural game, way back, <laughs> way back, March 4th, Joe. Seems like an attorney, doesn't know, he, against Charlotte? Yes, you're right. But at the inaugural game, all the people who could not get in the game because they didn't have tickets, they were not available, nonetheless came downtown to all the establishments. Market Street was packed. What I'm getting at is, under the word thriving and astonishing, uh, I've never seen anything like it other other than at a World Cup game, Joe. Uh, so this team comes in as an expansion team, brand new, but that's a little bit of a misnomer because the team, a goodly portion of the team, had been together in MLS next, mm-hmm. the Division City 2, right below MLS. And the truth be told, that was a really highly solidifying group because John Hackworth did not have to bring up any players to play on the MLS team because it wasn't going to start until February, March of this year. But what a start. From, from Joe, the original stadium, the stadium itself is world-class. No, it's not Maracanã. It's not San Siro. It's not the Stade de France holding 80,000 people. But for Major League Soccer, it is absolutely perfect. And then along with it, Joe, the training facilities, which are literally world-class, three fields, two of which are grass, uh, an artificial turf field for all the academy teams, just all over, everything about it, A-pluses all the way around for everything, the way it's been handled. So this expansion team comes into the league and immediately vaults itself the top of the overall pile of the other 29 teams. And you make a great point with the training facility, the team headquarters, the Mm -hmm. the store, the stadium, everything. That was something that Carolyn Kendall and the Taylor family told us they were going to do for downtown. They were going to put it all in downtown. And that is what has propelled everything that you talk about. So now you've got new restaurants opening up and different spots that are revitalized that maybe had been slow and you've got development now. It all has spurred all of this for downtown West. It has, Joe, and it is only 100% accurate that the sport of soccer should do this for this new new aspect of downtown St. Louis, the western part of St. Louis. The reason I say that is I think that the the two sports for longevity and for pillars in our community in the St. Louis area are baseball and soccer. As we watch these games at City Park, MLS opponents, the men's and women's national team coming in town, we can look at various parts and look outside the stadium and see games at fairgrounds and hiney miney. Of course, what I'm talking about is just a quest for our high, high imaginations, because that's the people's shoulders we are standing on. Everybody who started this sport and made it popular in 
the United States, made it the birthplace of the sport in the United States back in 1875. If there was going to be a professional league in the United States, which began in 1996, and we just could not pull it all together at one time. Many people tried, but this one was done 100% accurately. And the reason it is downtown, Joe, is that that became a mandatory part of the overall equation. You had to have a solid ownership group, A. B, you had to have a plan for a stadium. And C, St. Louis really got A pluses in this mark. You had to have an existing soccer culture in your city. So those were the three, those are the three mandatory ingredients for expansion in Major League Soccer. And so now uh, Bill McDermott with, is with us here on at CAMWEX on the Quiver River Electric Guest Line. But now you also have another regular stop on the U.S. national team tour. Yes. Because for mm-hmm. a long time, that was something that was not an easy thing to do. We had Soccer Park for so long, and obviously it, it was outgrown. And you could use Bush Stadium, you could use the Dome, but that's mm-hmm. not an easy place to have the team come in and play. And now you have that dedicated spot, and now you're back on the regular rotation for U.S. soccer. Which is what U.S. soccer and Major League Soccer tries to do, Joe. They try to reward the teams that have built new soccer-specific stadiums. You're 100% right, Joe. Uh, Way back in 1988-89, in the quest for the 1990 World Cup, which the United States qualified due in large part to the fact that they were playing at the soccer park. That had a lot to do with it. That was the only venue at the time. Now, since, and this was a huge portion of why St. Louis was granted a Major League Soccer franchise, starting with the uh, May, 20, May 23, 2013 game at Bush Stadium, where Chelsea and Manchester City draw over 48,000 people, sell out in a half hour. And then the next game on August 10th, 2013, as you referenced, having to go to the Jones Dome, Real Madrid is in town. Real Madrid, Stefano, Pushkas, Hento, Ronaldo, they're in town, 54,184. And then, as you stated 100% accurately, Joe, then the men's and women's national team started to come into town. The women against New Zealand, uh, the men against St. Vincent and the Grenadines, uh, Liverpool against Roma, United States women's team again against New Zealand, the national team for the men against Uruguay. So this is now, this is now one of the stops for the national team. As a matter of fact, they're playing again here again, the United States men's national team, September 9th against Uzbekistan. So this will be, this will be a stop continually for all international games for the United States. And that game is a friendly, but it is a mm-hmm. huge game for U.S. soccer because it is the return of uh, Greg Berhalter at the, uh, at the top as the, uh, as the manager. Precisely. And he did well, irrespective of what so many critics did, uh, with few exceptions. I, 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 I took some exceptions with the way the team was handled in 2022 in Qatar. But nonetheless, Greg is back. All the players wanted him back. They trust and his abilities as a head coach. And lately, with reference to what's going on with the national team, Joe, at the Gold Cup, we're getting a view of some of the real young players, uh, the players who are attempting to show what they can do for U.S. soccer so that they can play in the 2026 World Cup. Now, if you would sign up and put down a first 11 right now, you probably would have that. 
But nonetheless, some of these players who are playing right now in the Gold Cup, you're going to see some of these younger players in the 2026 World Cup. Bill McDermott with us here on Sports Open Line. And before I let you go, I wanted to ask you uh, about Megan Rapinoe. She has announced her retirement following Mm -hmm. the World uh, World Cup and her pro season that is coming up. But uh, what a huge portion of U.S. soccer, what a a huge uh, beacon for U.S. soccer she has been for so long. Um, I, I said this on Sunday, too. She just I think she deserves all the accolades that are going to come her way. Well, and any players, any of the players right now, Joe, they realize that it is their duty. It's their, it's mandatory, as a matter of fact. When you put on a national team shirt for the women's national team, it is mandatory that you continue what the 1999 team did at the World Cup at the Rose Bowl, where they brought a brand new, a totally new awareness uh, not just to women's soccer, but the women's sports. It was the most attended event ever for a women's championship. And so these current women, Megan Rapino included, uh, and a goodly number of the other players playing on this team right now, unfortunately, no Becky Stauberin, but nonetheless, all these women realize full well in their quest to do a three-peat for the World Cup. A three-peat. Joe, there's right. been eight World Cups. They've won four of them. Right. I mean, that's, that's preposterous. <laughs> but they all realize, and Megan, I think, realizes at the top of her list, uh, it's on our job descriptions to continue what the 99ers did. Well, Bill McDermott, I always appreciate the chance that we have to chat on air, off air, whatever it is, and I appreciate your uh, outlook and uh, your perspective on the game and certainly the game here in St. Louis. Yes, sir, Joe. And I will see you September 2nd. You will Doubleheader. Indeed. Women's team for St. Louis U against SIU. And then the men's team for St. Louis U against SIU. A doubleheader for the men and women on September 2nd. You got it. Okay, Joe. Thank that, you. That is Mr. Soccer, Bill McDermott, with us here on Sports Open Line. We'll come back. We'll hear from uh, the Blues Hall of Famer, the Hockey Hall of Famer, Brett Hall, coming up on the other side of the break. Sports Open Line continues after this on Camo X. It's Joe Pot in for Matt Pauley here on the Graybar Sports Open Line. Happy to have you along on KMOX. We'll switch gears again. We'll hear from the Hockey Hall of Famer Brett Hall, who was on Total Information AM this morning with Tom Ackerman and Megan Lynch. Uh, always entertaining, as you might imagine, but also the uh, Golden Brett producing uh, or uh, promoting, I should say, some uh, really good charity work as well. So here is uh, Tom Ackerman and Megan Lynch with Brett Hall from earlier today. He's one of the greatest players in the history of the game. And when he came to St. Louis, he absolutely lit the town on fire. I have this special highlight just for him. This is one of the greatest, if not the greatest, hockey announcer of all time calling this. Dave Duchesne puts a high one in, May out of the net. Knocked it down now, comes out of the goal and flips it into the corner. And it's Roberts getting it ahead to Gilmore. Gilmore racing in, has a breakaway. Has Cavallini with him. Alonso, now Brett Hull, should he score? Brett Hull on a rebound. Gets his first as a member of the Blues. And the Blues take a one to nothing lead. And the rest, as they say, is history. Brett Hull joins us on KMOX on the Quiver River Electric guest line. Brett, how are you this morning? What's it like to hear that? 
uh, makes you feel a little bit old, but also uh, <laughs> brings brings back a lot of a lot of great memories because uh, you know when I got traded to St. Louis, it was a uh, life changing event for me. I want to let people know that for the third consecutive year, you're going to be in St. Louis in late August. You'll headline and play in the annual Cystic Fibrosis Charity Golf Tournament. Your Junction House Restaurant is the title sponsor and primary organizer for this tournament. It raised more than $87,000 last year alone. Uh, Let's start with that and uh, the pride that you have in giving back to the community, Brett. Well, yeah, whether whether it's uh, the Cystic Fibrosis uh, Foundation or, you know, all the years uh, with the other charities that uh, not only myself, but all of the um, great entertainers and sports figures uh, in St. Louis. Uh, I, I've been to a lot of places, but I've never met uh, or been to a city where uh, the, the, the stars of the city, uh, if you will, if you will, uh, give back charity golf tournaments, like uh, anything they can do to help. And it's, uh, it's something I'm proud to uh, be a part of. And I'm glad that the junction house uh, can be the title sponsor for the third year and, and raise a lot of money for a great cause. Cause it's uh, like, you know, there's so many and, and you know, uh, you, you always want to be able to you know, help them all. Uh, but when you can put your name on a certain one, you you give it your all. And 87000 like you said last year, is uh, pretty good for one day of golf and a, and a good party after at the Junction House. Brett, that's one thing I've always loved about the hockey community in St. Louis from the youth level on up is that notion of charity being just one part of what a team needs to do for success. Well, you're, you're completely correct. And it, you know, as as a, a member of a team uh, in in a city, you want to ingratiate yourself inside the community, and the best way to do that is to show support for uh, local needs and charities and fundraisers, and and everybody in St. Louis understands that. Uh, and it's not just the hockey players and baseball players and uh, the ex football players that are still here. It's it's like even just people in the community, the way they come out to, to support and help uh, year after year. It's uh, it's, it says something about the people of St. Louis and the, and the state of Missouri, how uh, wonderful they are and, and how caring they are. Brett, we played earlier, of course, the voice of Dan Kelly calling your first goal as a blue. This is the voice of John Kelly in 1991. Here's Paul Cavalini ahead to Hall. He's in alone, a shot, he scores! Brad Hall, number 86, and it's 1-1. Listen to that crowd recognizing the moment. 86 goals. You passed Mario Lemieux, moving into third all-time for the most goals scored in a season. Only Wayne Gretzky has done that. He did, scored 87 and 92 in one season. But 86 hasn't been touched. Uh, it's been a long time. What do you remember from that incredible season? Well, it was it was incredible. It was magical. Uh, you know, you, you hear about athletes and they talk about being in the zone and uh, you know, they usually talk about that for one game or a week. And it just felt like, 
we were in a zone for a whole season. And it, I mean, it was, uh, you know, you know, I felt like I was scoring in my sleep and then to get that many goals and realize that Wayne Gretzky, you know, he's got two seasons of more than that. And I'm like, I can't even imagine, uh, you know, what he was thinking scoring all those goals, but it's, uh, it, it was so fun. And, uh, uh, I mean, I loved it. Uh, I wish I could go back and do it all again. And, and uh, you know, but without, you know, just like these charities and raising money, you know, without a good team, you know, you can't do anything by yourself. So uh, it was great and, and uh, a lot of memories that I can live with. Looking at the future of the team, I, I noticed that the prospects camp was recently held. I love watching those young players because of the attitude they bring to the ice. They work hard but I've always been struck by how much fun they have out there while they're doing that camp. Well, that's true because, you know, it's a, it's a different uh, game. Uh, there's the players are, are a lot different than we were. Uh, you know, I, I like to say they're almost, uh, they went to, you know, where we would go to hockey schools in the off season when we were kids, these kids go to YouTube hockey school. And they look at these moves and, and, and the plays and they, they take them and they study it and they practice it on the ice. And, you know, you see these guys that are, uh, you know, like Zegras from Anaheim, he picks up the puck and, and, and scores from behind the net lacrosse style. Um, some of the stick handling moves. And, uh, you know, I, I remember playing with Pavel Datsuk in Detroit and some of the things he could do uh, with the puck was scary. And I think these kids, YouTube a guy like that and they and they copy it and they're very entertaining um, you know would I change a few things about the game to make it even better yeah but uh, it is what it is and the players are uh, there is there is a lot of skill out there so uh, the entertainment value in the NHL and uh, moving forward is uh, the, the league's in great hands. What would you do, Brett? I mean, you've always had some good ideas. You've been out in the open about how to improve this game and make it the best it possibly can be. Well, I think, you know, I, I really am a big fan of letting the goalies play the puck uh, to protect the defensemen. And, uh, you know, I, I think they need to uh, make some of the equipment smaller uh, and use it as protection as opposed to weapons. Um, you know, you see these guys that they're so big and so fast. And then when you put those uh, giant shoulder pads and, and hard capped elbow pads on them, uh, you know, it doesn't take much to cause a, a serious head injury. So uh, little things like that, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm really torn on the red line. I, I wish we, I sometimes wish it was in there uh, to, to make the game a little more old school where you have to, you know, create offense. Uh, but then again, it's so exciting to have the breakaways and the, the two line pass and the, uh, the option of doing that is also very exciting for the fans. So, uh, you know, it, 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 the game is great and uh, they just got to keep uh uh, moving forward and making the right decisions and, and uh, don't try to get in. The NHL's got to get out of their own way and just let it happen. What are your dreams for the Blues and the direction this next season? Well, you, you know, you, you always want to win, right? But it's, uh, you know, you got uh, a lot of good people 
uh, in the hockey department uh, that know what they're doing. Obviously, they just come off a of Stanley Cup like a few years ago. Um, but, you know, the teams evolve and you lose players and you trade players and, uh, you know, you got to develop your young guys and, and uh, you know, you get them going and you mix in a good core of veterans with those uh, young guys coming up and uh, that you got, you can really build a, a good team very fast. You know, it's not like, Oh my God, we're going to be, you know, we're going to be out of the playoffs for the next 10 years. I mean, you can go from last to first very quickly. Brad, do you going back? What do you think ultimately happened and why your St. Louis blues couldn't get it done? I mean, it was such an incredible time. I mean, you owned the town, no doubt about it, but I know that's that one thing you did get to raise the cup. There's no question you were a champion, but I know how much you wanted to do it here. Well, yeah. And it's, you know, it was, uh, there was a couple of, uh, you know, two or three years where we legitimately uh, had a good chance to win the Stanley Cup, and there was always something. Uh, two of those years, uh, our starting goalies both got hurt. Uh, one year it was Cujo. Um, that was the year Pittsburgh won their first cup, and that season we had beaten Pittsburgh uh, 8-1 and, and like 9-2. I mean, it was, you know, we would sick Rick Mahar on, on uh, Mario Lemieux and, uh, you know, nobody could outskate uh, Ricky. And, and so it was hard for Lemieux to get away from him. And then, um, you know, we had a, a real potent offense with Adam Oates and I and, and uh, Courtnell and Ronning and Mameso on the second line. So we were pretty deep. And then, you know, Cujo got hurt and uh, that was the end of that. And then, uh, uh, the year Grant Fear got hurt, uh, that was the year we lost in the conference finals in game seven to Detroit. So, you know, we had opportunities and then something would always happen. And uh, But also, you know, during my tenure there and our tenure there uh, with the team, uh, our division was really good. Uh, Chicago was really good. Uh, Minnesota went to the finals. Uh, Detroit was was spectacular. Toronto uh, they went to the the final, so it's um, you know it, it was tough sledding in the Norris Division, and uh, you know we held our own, but we just never really broke through. By the way, a big happy birthday to Al McGinnis, who turns the big six zero today. Is there a classier uh, part of this organization than Al? No, Al is uh, the epitome of class. Him. Uh, him and Bernie Federico, I mean, I love those guys, and they're uh, a big part of the community. And and uh, I didn't realize uh, Al was uh, only a year older than me. So happy birthday to Al. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we go, I wanted to, again, put the information out there. This is the sixth annual Cystic Fibrosis Foundation St. Louis Golf Tournament at Bear Creek Golf Club in Wentzville. It's August 26th. Registration is open now through August 1st for teams and sponsors. It includes Dinner Afterwards, sponsored by Brett Hull's Junction House. For more information, cffgolftourneystl.com, or we can certainly direct you to Brett Hall and all the things that he's doing. Final thing, just a thought to close out on, Brett, is that I was also associated with uh, fighting cystic fibrosis, as was our legendary sports director, Jack Buck. I know it was very, very close to his heart. What can you say about your remembrances of Jack Buck? 
Well, you know, I've become uh, very good friends with Joe, and uh, you know, uh, we we belong to a golf club down in uh, Cabo, uh, as well as Old Warson. And uh, we'd sit around and have a couple of cold ones and, and remember his dad. And, uh, you know, I first met Joe when he was just a kid because I would, every Christmas day, I would go over to the Bucks house and do Jack Buck's Christmas Day radio show. And so I got to know the family, and they're wonderful. And, and Joe is continuing his dad's legacy as one of the, uh, greatest sports announcers in uh, in the world, and uh, I'm glad to call him a friend, and I'm glad to call the whole Buck family my friends, and and uh, they've done so much for the city of St. Louis, and uh, they should be very proud of themselves. Well, we appreciate your time very much, Brett. All the best to you on this tournament, cffgolftourneystl.com. It is the CFF Golf Tournament in Wentzville, the sixth annual at Bear Creek with dinner following at your terrific restaurant there, Junction House. Always great to have you on KMOX. Thanks for being with us. Uh, thank you, and come on out to the golf tournament. We'll have a great time. We raise a lot of money for a great cause. There he is, the great Brett Hall with Tom Ackerman and Megan Lynch earlier today on Total Information AM. We'll come back. We'll take your calls. Tell us about the All-Star Game. Tell me about the All-Star Game. Good, bad, changes. What would you do? That's coming up as we finish up this edition of the Graybar Sports Open Line. Joe Pot with you back after this on KMOX. Joe Pot back in on KMOX. It's Graybar Sports Open Line. Final couple of minutes. If you want to tell me your All-Star thoughts, is it still what it used to be. Is it still appointment viewing? What do you think? Can they change it? Are there good ways to change it? 314-436-7900. And we'll get to some of those calls. Or if you'd like to, you can tweet at me as well. And that is Joe underscore pot. And we'll get to some of those reactions. Also, I do have to get to Andrew Price. Uh, He's uh, our good friend, listens all the time. And he wanted to make sure that he we got his text in. He is a big fan of the Home Run Derby. And I know he watched the Home Run Derby last night and he enjoyed it. So I wanted to make sure that I got his, uh, excuse me, his reaction and his text in tonight. But if you have, uh, I just want to know, if, is it still a big deal? Because like I said, it's where it's worn off a little bit for me only because of the changes to the major league schedule and the changes that you see, but uh, Joe Roderick, we had on our first segment. And if you didn't hear him, you can listen in at camox.com. That'll be up there under the podcast under sports open line. He said, it's basically about the approach you take. So approach it, looking for some different, look for different matchups, look for some of those cool things like last night in the home run derby, where we saw, Really good friends, Adoles Garcia and Randy Rosarena, or look for, you know, some of the guys that are countrymen. As he mentioned, there was uh, three Cuban players that were out there uh, that were there as well. You've got players like Arise and Pablo Lopez who were traded for one another. They could match up. Former teammates could match up. So those kind of things are, are what you should look for. And I, and it was a really good point. So I appreciated that. But I also just wonder if I don't know how they could change it. I don't know that you could, you couldn't really do anything like the NHL does because it's not like you're going to have 
five inning games or three inning games and then lead up to a longer, I mean, I guess you could, and then lead up to a longer seven inning championship game. You can't, it's not set up to really do like that. The sport doesn't lend itself like hockey does that you can play those mini games and then have the winners square off and you can do the battles for division. The NFL has gone to mostly the skill uh, competitions, which you have in Major League Baseball in the All-Star or in the Home Run Derby. So you have that at the All-Star game uh, with the Home Run Derby. But that, that, I mean, I don't, again, I don't know what else you would do. You're certainly not going to have pitchers up there uh, on the speed gun. You're not going to have them try to blow out their arms or something like that. In fact, that is, you know, that was a criticism for a long time of the home run derby is that they were worried about either getting injured or wrecking their swing in the second half. Now, Albert Pujols might tell you last year that it did the opposite for him because he had such a second half after being in that all-star in that home run derby. I did see too the White Sox, Luis Robert Jr. Uh, was hurt and is missing the all-star game. So he had, I don't know what the extent of the injury was, but they did say that he was going to be evaluated again uh, after the, or when the season restarted. So he is not participating in the all-star game after here it is right here, actually from the white Sox on Twitter, this came down at four fifteen. It said during the first round of the home run derby, Luis Robert felt tightness in his right calf. He underwent an MRI in Seattle and is listed as day to day. He'll not play in the all-star game as a precaution and will be evaluated before the season restarts in Atlanta. So there's always that worry. There's always that possibility. And that's it. That's unavoidable, period. It doesn't matter what you are doing. If you are doing anything athletically connected to your sport or not connected to your sport, there is a risk that there could be some sort of injury sustained. Now, it is certainly unfortunate that it happened to Luis Robert Jr. during the home run derby during what should have been, you know, an exhibition, a fun thing to go and participate in. But that is literally a risk if they were, you know, I don't even know what they would be doing. I don't have a good comparison to make. So that risk exists no matter what. And it exists whether you're playing in the game, whether you're playing in the home run derby, there's always going to be players that, that, that could happen too, because the other thing is obviously you have the, of course, the the crazy injuries that happen that have nothing to do with the game that just come in the way in playing the game. So all of those things are a risk, but I think we do have at least a call here. So we'll get to that in just a moment as we have our last couple of minutes. So first call, Chris is on the line. Chris, all-star game. Yay, nay, changes. You're on Camel X. Hi, Joe. Uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate you calling. Hey, uh, I love the All-Star Game. Uh, it's uh, it's always fun to get to see all like the best players together um, from both leagues. I know that now interleague plays kind of changed that a little bit. I don't know. I've always I've always really enjoyed the All-Star Game. The Home Run Derby last night was awesome. The one thing I don't like is that they went away from like the home and away regular uniforms for the teams. The uh, uniforms the last Two years have just been awful. I mean, tonight the National League's wearing navy tops with black pants. I'd much rather see like the cardinal uh, gray uniforms out there. 
you are uh, right up my alley. I appreciate the call, Chris. Thank you very much. But with as far as the uniforms, man, we are on the same page 100%. I said that a little earlier when I saw Nolan Arenado's introduction. Navy and black, ugh, it's terrible. It looks, and I agree, go back to the, the team's uniforms. Go back to each team. You know, like I said, in Seattle, the National League's wearing gray or whatever the road is. And the American League's wearing white. That is the way to go. It is just such a cooler look in it. And it was a unique thing. Uh, Tyler Rosen's behind the board for us tonight. And he was talking about it makes perfect sense for basketball, for hockey, where you have the intermingling of the teams on the ice or on the court. You have to have separate jerseys. You have to have distinct jerseys. You don't have that in baseball. And that's a unique aspect to the sport. And it was unique to that all-star game to have everyone wearing their own uniforms and the representing the look of their city, of their team. That was the thing, especially in the 70s and the 80s when you had some of those more outlandish uniforms. That was even more fun to see those. Cleveland wore all red uniforms one year in the 70s. The A's wore yellow uniforms. And then the 80s, you get all of the powder blue, the original incarnation of the powder blue. So that is at least a change uh, that I want to see, I'd like to see them go back to. But again, got to sell the jerseys. I get that. Wear them in BP, wear them in the Home Run Derby. My thanks to Tyler Rosen, as mentioned, behind the board. Thanks so much to Dennis Dodd from CBS, to Bill McDermott, to Joe Roderick. Good to hear from Brett Hall as well earlier today, from earlier today on Total Information AM. I'm back with you tomorrow night at 6 o'clock right here on the Graybar Sports Open Line. This is your home for Cardinals baseball. This is KMOX. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.